Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Marley mates, and welcome back to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. I'm going to need you to go ahead and tuck your wieners and grab your skin suits, because we've got a special Silence of the Lambs episode in store for you. That's right. So here we are in October. Well, by the time you hear this, it will be. And every single episode this month is going to be something Halloween and or horror related, influenced, and so on and so forth. And you're probably thinking, well, that's not really much different from the rest of your work. Well, you're, you're right. It really isn't. But I figured I've selected very specific pieces this uh, for this month of October as we celebrate the most glorious time of year, the most wonderful, spooky time that there may ever be. And uh, we're going to enjoy this in style. So let's talk about this uh, wonderful inspiration that comes from the most bizarre, crazy, and just good, fun-feeling movie that you ever did see. So I want to acknowledge the fact that Silence of the Lambs is really incredible. It's, um, as you you may or may not already know, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to ask to see a picture of the rock that you've been living under because... It's a great film, and uh, let's just say that there's a lot of a lot of reference in that. And so, when you think about that film, you'll hear things mentioned that it was based on a true story, which indeed it was. And movies like Silence of the Lambs, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're all based on true stories, all wildly different, but they had a common theme. And the theme was is that the inspiration for those films was an actual real-life serial killer named Ed Gein. And each one of these different films kind of played to aspects that he did with his victims. And so without getting too fun into the mix, we'll just talk about the pieces and then, you know, feel free to do your own research and or just go watch and then rewatch those films because it's good clean family fun who doesn't love a little bit of cannibalism now and then you know some skin suits and and fun 
skin lampshades. But let's um, let's talk about these works today. We're gonna I'm gonna talk about two different pieces, both of which are upcycled thrift shop finds, and ironically and very coincidentally, they were not intended to be this way. But I actually completed each of them one year and four days apart. It was just kind of a coincidence as I was looking at the the information from each piece. Luckily, on this each of these, I was able to find a way to write the details on the back. I'm not always that good about adding those details on the back of my pieces. Um, luckily, with the cell phones and cameras and everything, when I take pictures of them, it has a date time, date time stamp on them, so that helps a lot. But um, for now, let's go ahead and talk about these pieces. Which one are we going to start with? Let me see. Well, let me see here. The first piece that I'm going to talk about is similar to another one that I did several episodes back. If you recall, I got two different tin signs from my sister quite some time ago. And she had scored these at a thrift shop. She was showing off her apartment. I spotted them where she had them hung. And I thought that they were just perfect fodder for upcycling and just messing with. And I saw them, and I'm like, oh, wow, those are cool. And she's like, you want them? And I said, um, yeah, but, you know, I'm just going to destroy them. And she's like, I know. So that's what I did. And this one is similar to the other one that I had. If you go back in time, uh, grab your DeLorean and or – just scroll back through the Facebook. You'll you'll find it in there. But it's like an octagon-ish type shaped uh, metal sign. It's just a tin sign, wall hanging thing. It's a child of what looks like somewhat of a Victorian era. A little boy, but he's got like kind of longer locks. I assume it's a boy because he's wearing trousers and of that period, it would, uh, if it were a little girl, it'd be wearing a dress. So until further notice, it's a boy, or it was. And now um, now it's something special. I'm going to put it that way. Now it uh, is in the form of uh, one Buffalo Bill. So the name of this piece is called uh, Goodbye Horses. And its dimensions are approximately one foot by one foot. But like I said, it's in the shape of that octagon. The corners are slightly rounded. It's almost like a, a one solid piece where the, the frame itself is kind of raised and the image is, is a little bit recessed. But it was um, all one solid piece nonetheless. The frame itself, the original frame, has some pattern work on it, and the, then the outside, it looks a little bit pitted. I'm not sure if it's actual rust or if it was intended to look that way, because it's it's an older sign. I don't think it's super, super old, but I'm willing to bet it was some type of um, late 70s, early 80s intentional type decor. But there was definitely some rusting on it, because it is, it is a tin sign, and it's older, and it's relatively in good shape otherwise, but I played to that rust and I, I incorporated it into the piece. But this is acrylic on tin. I finished this piece on 15 April of 23. And like I said, the name of it is Goodbye Horses. 
and <laughs> it features one Buffalo Bill. And um, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where to start because like it just uh, it's jacked up because it's just it's who does that? Oh, I do. Um, so what I did was I took this kid and he's holding, oh, I guess I should describe what it looks like in the first place. So I just, I talked about the frame. I'm so excited. I feel like a, uh, a kid in a skin suit shop. Um, <laughs> so it's just this little boy, he's holding a little puppy. There's like a branch coming in from the, the lower right hand corner a little flower and, and not much going on in the background. It's just kind of like a very, very simple kind of muted background. And I saw the dog and the dog is what did it for me. I see it. I look at it. And although it doesn't look like precious exactly, Buffalo Bill's little dog, uh, <laughs> she does now. And what I did was basically painted over the boy's clothing in what now is Buffalo Bill's robe that he was wearing when he was modeling his uh, skin suit with his wiener tucked, you know? No big deal. We've all done it. But what I think... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Sorry, this, this just cracks me up. It's just, it's, it's, there's too much happening. All right, focus. There is the robe. Uh, I painted Precious to look like Precious. So basically, I took the dog and I enhanced the fur around it. So I, I kind of fluffed it up, gave it more traditional and fluffy ears. I enhanced the eyes and the nose. And then you can only see more or less like kind of the front legs as it's being held. And so the rest is kind of for lack of a better term, it's tucked back within the robe. So the other robe is like the outside of the robe is around it. And then I basically made the image kind of looking off into the distance as it was. But what I did was over top of the hair, I did another like layered feathered hair piece, very similar to what Buffalo Bill was wearing in that scene because it was a scalp of a woman's head, hair. And I over embellished some makeup on there. And so you can very clearly see there's a distinct line from the original face and where the scalp is of this headpiece. Like I said, over embellished, heavy makeup, some eyeliner, some eyelashes, and that's Buffalo Bill. Next to him, I added a well. And so even though this, this scene is outside, it's kind of implied. So other if you unless you don't know what you're looking at, you may or may not necessarily pick up on this right away. So there's a well and it's freestanding. It's right next to him on, on the right hand side. It's very um, kind of earthy and it's got a variety of different patterns of browns and blacks and some grays and whites in there. And it just looks like a, a traditional basic well. On top of the well is a basket with some lotion in it. <laughs> and there's a rope that is tied to the handle of the basket and it's just kind of like draped over the, the edge of the, of the well. 
I mentioned before how there was like a little bit of a, a plant a stem with some leaves on it. I painted over that so that it would pop a little bit more. But just to add a little bit more to the subtlety, if you were to look at the picture and not necessarily realize what you're looking at, you would just see what looked like a couple of butterflies. But if you look close, they are actually indeed the death, death's head hawk moth. So very famously part of the entire franchise, how, or the, at least that first film rather, where very distinct, iconic moth with the, what looks like the skull embedded on the, on the markings of the, of the wings and so forth. And so they're just kind of, there's, there's one that's kind of floating in the air and there's one that's kind of just, it's got its wings closed and it's on the branch. And so it's just very, very subtle. Now with the, the condition of the tin sign itself, I used some just acrylic paint to embellish where there were some rusting areas. I kind of dripped down some, what just looked like just some nasty kind of markings that where it had been weathered and it's just kind of dripping down. And then I also used some teal colored paint, just very lightly flat, uh, kind of stippled onto certain areas where there was heavier rust, just to give it the impression of some oxidation and a little bit of patina there. And and that's really, that's the piece. And so I, I at a glance, it looks fairly tame. It looks fairly um, innocent. It doesn't really give the impression of anything sinister or otherwise. And it's like, I guess, as the kids say, if you know, you know, right? So I, I'm really pleased with it. I, I think I did it in one sitting just because it was acrylics. They dry fast. And especially on this type of a, a medium, um, I'm glad that it, it held so easily and as good as it did. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I probably went over it in polyurethane just to help give a protective coating onto it and to give a little bit of a shine. But uh, check it out on the Facebook page and on the Instagram. I, I, I'm really pleased with the way it turned out. I like the other one that I did too of the other tin sign, but this one just, it just crushes that in my opinion. So I'm really pleased with it, but wait until you hear what we talk about on the next one. This next piece is probably one of my all-time favorite pieces that I have ever done. And I'm not even being funny here. I, I mean it. Like, for some reason, this came together in just such a way that I, I really love it. The name of it is called Precious. Just one word, Precious. Yes, you will, Precious. You will get the hose. And it is dimensions 12 by 17. I finished this on 11 April of 22. It is also an upcycled thrift shop piece, and I will never forget where I was and when I got it because it was just one of those things that stood out like a beacon. Uh, that beacon is blinking like a blinking beacon, according to Yukon Cornelius. I was in a DAV thrift shop in Virginia Beach, combing through their various pictures and frames and so forth. They had a huge section, a giant wall, and I came across this, and it was just like, you got to be kidding me. This is just like asking to be fixed. And what I mean by that is it was an image. It was actually uh, the gentleman who created this. His name is John Darian. I only know that because it's on the back. There's a sticker. And it was for Target. It was made for some home decor type mass-produced thing. And... 
I don't want to take away from the original intent of that because I actually, the entire piece kind of has a very calming effect to it. It very much resembles like an old timey certificate or um, some type of a, an official government document that had the very, very fancy border work and so forth. And so like that's on there. And then there's a whole series of what look like old reproduced handwritten letters with very fancy, um, just cursive writing and, and, and print. And it's just very, very classy, right? On top of that, there were seven different moths and or butterflies. And that's really what got me. Like it, it's a package deal. The whole thing comes together and it's just, it works. But each one of those different species of, of insect absolutely ties it together and I don't know really the difference between looking at these, if they're all moths, if there's a, a variety of moths and butterflies. But the, the moment I saw it, I immediately felt like it resembled the death's head hawk moth from Silence of the Lambs. And so even though none of them actually are that piece, I wanted to do something with it. And I... Unlike other thrift shop pieces that I've upcycled by changing them somehow, all I simply did was paint over top of this in some spots because I wanted the majority of it to show through. And so what I did was I painted in opposite corners. So in the upper left-hand corner, I painted a section. And in the, in the lower right-hand corner, I painted a section. And then other than that, all I ever did to it was I added a couple of passages from a quote from the film. And I'll get to that here shortly. But in the lower left or right-hand corner, I painted a kind of a three-quarter shot, very extreme close-up of Hannibal Lecter. And it's, it's basically just Hannibal. I, I drew it out in Sharpie and just kind of very crudely painted it, painted over top of that, kind of expanded beyond the, the scope of the line work especially when it came to he's wearing his orange jumpsuit. He is just looking straight ahead at you, looking at you with his eyes, very peering. He's got, you know, just his, his basic hair that's gray, kind of combed back. And the, the oh man, the, I just, I love looking at this. The, the piece itself that really just ties it together, which obviously makes it extremely obvious of what you're looking at is his, his restraining mask that he has over his nose, mouth and chin area, just strapped over his, his head so that he obviously can't, uh, you know, bite your face off and stuff. So he's just peering at you in the corner of the piece. Like I said, the, the jumpsuit is orange, but it, the way I kind of left it was that I had the, the paint kind of extend beyond the line. Like, so where his shoulder kind of tapers off, the paint exceeds that. And and to me, I just, it's the only area of the piece that I did that on, and I really just like how it came together. In the upper corner, opposite him, I have Precious looking down into the pit, into the well, from the perspective of the bottom of the well. So it's, you're basically, because it's in the upper corner, you're looking up at Precious, who's looking down at you, and 
I just love how this came together. I love how the, the shading came together. I love how the, just it's very simple in terms of the, the shape of the dog and the texture of the fur, the eyes, the, the shading, the coloring, it just, it came together. And I just, I was really proud of how it, how it happened. And, and, and it's not something that I typically paint like or uh, with in that subject. And I'm just really pleased the way that it, that it worked out. And it's like one of those things that it was just very satisfying and the, <clears throat> everything from the well itself. So you've got like the, the lines of where it's dug out and the earth and kind of the brickwork, several shades and layers of browns and blacks and grays. And then behind Precious, you can see because they were in the basement. So above her, you've got the planks from the wooden floor that you could see the bottom of the floor in the overhead of the basement. And like I said, it just came together and I just, God damn it. I, I freaking just love how this just, just works. And when you look at those elements combined with the moths or the butterflies, it all ties together. But then for emphasis, I, I used a Hannibal Lecter quote and you're probably thinking, was it hello Clarice? No, it wasn't, but I just wanted to say that. But I, I wrote it on here, and the quote itself reads, Nothing happened to me, Officer Starling. I happened. You can't reduce me to a set of influences. And so I wrote that on there not once but twice for emphasis. And they're pretty much just about centered on the, on the piece on each side of the paper, or each side of the piece, rather. And it overlaps some of the handwriting that's already in there. And it overlaps two of the butterfly or moth images. And so because of that, it's written in Sharpie. It doesn't necessarily stand out immediately. Like you can clearly see that once you start to look at it and realize that it's there, that it obviously doesn't match the rest of the handwriting that's throughout the rest of the piece. But it's fairly subtle. And it's, it's not written in cursive. It's not written anything fancy. It's just basic capital block lettering. And that is, that is the entire piece. Really, I added four elements to it, left the rest as is. The frame, I didn't even mess with the frame. Usually I will, if something is framed, I'll incorporate that somehow. I'll, I'll do some type of extra embellishment to that as well. Didn't need to. It's a wooden frame. It's fairly thick in terms of the width all the way around. And it's got some of that natural intended blemished um, different little dings and scratches and things, but it's by design. And I feel like it only adds to that. When I see that frame, I think of the old house that Buffalo Bill is in. I think of just the, the wooden overhead of the basement floor or the, the, the ceiling above. And it just, it works. It just ties together the copper, the bronze of Hannibal Lecter's mask, his, his brown eyes peering at you. It just all ties together. And I, I think it's, it's absolutely fitting for, for this week's episode, for kicking off the month of October. If you uh, are so inclined to watch it, I love having this on on a very cool fall, kind of even misty, rainy day, it's, it's perfect. And it, like, no matter what, it always hits. Some of the sequels, 
yeah, I'll take them, right? But nothing comes close to this. Nothing ever matches the original film. And I just, I can't get enough of it. It's it's really brilliant. It's, it's perfection. I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, and I appreciate you tuning in this week once again. And I guess if I were to end this in any other fashion, it would be to quote Q Lazarus and say... Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you. Head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy, and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.